All right, so have you ever listened to one of my podcasts before? Probably not. not. You're a terrible friend. Makes it checks out. All right, so like I have like four people that do podcasts. I haven't listened to one of them because none of them are as good as mine. That's why. Got it. (laughs) That's the that's the gist of it. All right, so normally, right, uh, we just just kind of go through your career, right? Kind of highlight on the um, overseas part. Uh, as much as you want to, and um, just kind of wherever the conversation goes, it's really it's not like an interview. Just kind of, I kind of let you lead it, right? Uh, All right. Um, but before we get started, right, kind of get the brain flowing. You know, in the Navy, we have the eleven general orders, right? Nice. So to start off all my podcasts, I do the eleven general questions. All right. So it's just very well. It's very a, just well. just rapid, right? Like one two word answers. Okay. Nothing, nothing too crazy, all right? And then just kind of kick it off after that. You ready? Pineapples. <laughs> That'll be the safe word for the podcast. All right. Favorite superhero? Uh, that would be Batman. All right. Just talk a little bit closer to the mic. Oh. Jesus. Fucking rookie. All Is right. right here? There you go. That's good. That's good. Okay. That's good. Uh, who would win in a cage fight? Chuck Norris or Bruce Lee? Ooh, that's hard. Hmm. I would say, I mean, damn, Bruce Lee. I think Bruce Lee would be good. All right. If you could raise one person from the dead and have a walk with them through the modern world, who would it be? Freddie Mercury. All right. That's easy. What is your favorite, or I'm sorry, what is your first car? My first car was a 1993 Ford Probe GT. I had to add that in there. (laughs) (laughs) If you could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would it be? George Washington. Okay. If you could uh, be any movie character in real life, who would it be? <laughs> John Wick. Favorite chick flick? Chick flick. Oh. I would say Crazy Stupid Love is, uh, I guess you could say a chick flick. Right. If it has love in the title, it's probably a chick yeah. flick. <laughs> <laughs> rom-com. Anything with rom-com, basically. <laughs> Pick one, honor, courage, or commitment. Honor. If you, if, I'm sorry, if all jobs paid the same, what would you do? If all jobs paid the same. Hmm. That's kind of, that's a a teacher. Teacher. Okay. Any specific subject? Uh, American history, economics, anything like that. All right. If you're in the airport, and the airliner would give you one free ticket anywhere in the world, where would you go? Anywhere? Anywhere. One free ticket. Mm. Wow, that's kind of tough. I would say... Damn, I can't even think about it. I'll say Italy. Italy is a good place. All good right. history. And last one is one item on your bucket list. One item on my bucket list visit or travel around the world okay i feel like i have to sneeze maybe not all right so you gotta cut that (laughs) nah we're letting it roll however we start we're a senior in high school i'm sitting next to you in your math class who are you so i was always the guy that was a class clown i was a um, good friend. I would uh, help out where I can help out. 
not in math because I was bad in math. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, class clown, but a genuine person. All right. Yeah. Were you like not good grades, class clown, or? So, like I said, I was getting good grades in all classes, but math. I just never had a good teacher in math, never taught, like, starting from ninth grade. I just had a teacher that wasn't good. That trailed off into a basketball coach as a teacher, which is phenomenal. (laughs) And then my 10th grade, same thing. So, it just, I never was good. I was good at reading. I got published in a newspaper when I was uh, in ninth grade. Uh, science, that was one of my favorite subjects because it had to do with with uh, non-arbitrary data. And there's a specific answer for everything. And uh, history, I, I was a, I'm a history buff, so. So you were born here, right? Or, yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. So where'd you grow up? Miami, Florida. Uh, specifically highly i always say miami because it's kind of like oh i lived outside of i live in boston but where is i oh no i just right outside of boston so i always say miami but it really somewhere people can identify correct correct so highly of florida mm-hmm. what was the uh like was it a big cuban air, cuban area or is they, it, they, yeah. well every everybody jokes around but basically uh, people say highly is cuba uh cuba the sequel Cuba part two, you know, so Cuba do. <laughs> so did you, cause you joined, you were like me, right? You joined a little bit later. Correct. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was 25. So what was kind of like your, your plans after high school, if any? So I was always wanting to, uh, since I was a child, I was always either military or police department. Um, right after high school, um, I kind of had different paths. Um, one of those being, I was a cheerleading coach. Uh, that was right out of high school, but I wanted to experience life before even getting into anything. Mm. I think it's a good idea for everybody to do that before committing. Before committing to something, because it gives you a better avenue of approach when it comes to that. So, um, did a lot of things before even uh, committing either the police department route or the military route. So both both of those career paths are obviously serving, right? So, like, where do you? Where do you think that came from? Like the, because you said you knew early on you wanted to mm-hmm. do one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. So like, where do you think that uh, urge to serve came from? Uh, early on, it was always in like me, within me to like have a higher purpose, uh, serve somebody higher, um, protect those who can't be protected. Uh, that's really the main thing. And then, because uh, when I was a kid, my parents split up so uh i just i found out later on that my dad was in the army and he was down in el salvador that's why i didn't see him a lot when i was growing up so he was actually uh uh, fighting the guerrilla wars down there and uh that that's actually part of where my name comes from it's a Republican, nationalized, Democratic, Latin American. So my name's an abbreviation. I tell that to everybody. And it's like, yeah, sounds cool. But like my dad's like, hey, it's my unit's name. So my name do that. I'm like, oh, thanks, dad. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think early on, I've always wanted to serve. Uh, but it was like that thought was more like concreted into my, into my uh, life when I found out my father he was in the, in the U.S. Yeah, Army? Yeah, yeah, U.S. Okay. Army. He was a, a major special forces uh, task force 
Rend, you know, Rendell, basically. So did he? He just moved around while you guys hung out in Miami. Predominantly, he's uh, he he stayed in Miami because Southcom. Oh, okay. Uh, he was sent out to Central South America a lot, so that's why it was like Spanish speaking. He's Cuban stuff like that, so that's it. That was his area of expertise. Okay. So why did you uh, choose the Navy over the Army since your pops was in the, the so Army? So I was. Ah. I did choose the Army three years in a row. The first year, the recruiter lost my paperwork. So What year was it? If you don't mind that was, uh, I was 21. So I say 80, no, 90, 2000 and... One, two thousand two, so, pre yeah. or post the big day. Correct, correct. So uh, that just that nine eleven just kind of solidified me as like I want to go kill these people, people. <laughs> um, but like I said, I I went into the army. I wanted to become um, uh, special forces. Just kind of follow my dad's path. Um, they. That wasn't available at the time. I don't know how they how they do that, uh, even though it's special forces. I, I, you would think that. So it's always available. It was, yeah. So infantry or or tanker. Those were my three career paths. They lost all my paperwork. I'm like, screw this. I'll, I'll, whatever. I started hitting police academy harder. Um, then I'm like, man, I really want to join. Right, because we were in Iraq at the time, Iraq and Afghanistan at the time. So I tried a second time. They said uh, that they weren't accepting. Cause, so uh, taking back a little bit, my high school, um, because of my math, I didn't graduate from high school. Uh, from my high school, I had to go back and graduate with a diploma, but from a different school, right? So at the time, they weren't taking a tier two um, diploma, whatever that means, in recruiter talk. And then the third time, they lost my paperwork again. So I'm like, I'm just done with the, the, the army. I'm just done. I was done in general with the military because it was kind of like I'm a God-fearing man. So I was like, that's kind of like God giving me a sign to say, right. hey, you're not, you're not, you shouldn't be in the, the military. Yeah, happening. there was a reason. So, but I started hitting... Uh, police harder, right? Um, I went to Miami Dade. I went to Hialeah. Went to all these departments. One of them said they they weren't uh, they had a hiring freeze. The other one said that uh, Miami Dade was like, oh, your credit is uh, low credit. Um, I'm like, what did I have to do anything with? Well, we want to make sure that if a big pile of money comes up, is that you don't uh, take anything. Yeah. I'm like, like evident, like, like, like you're, I shouldn't have said this, but like, Oh, like the officers get, get caught every year stealing from <laughs> that. They're already police officers. So whatever. At the time that I got approached by the recruiter, um, actually it wasn't approached, but I went up to the recruiter kind of flirting with her. <laughs> um, uh, so I was like, Oh, you know, she's cute. This and that. So I, Approached her. Hey, what's up? I've always wanted to. Within a week, she already had me in the Navy. Like, co concreted in, contracted in. But I was going in as a master at arms. Again, kind of follow the law enforcement route. Um, when I went to MEPS, they're like, hey, um, we don't have 
we don't have MA when you want to leave. We have Corman. Well, just recently found out at the time that Corman served with the Marines. Right. When I was a kid, I also wanted to be Marine because Marines are like right. devil dogs and badasses and they go into the crap and they shoot people and, and they go into war, which is, I want to serve. So that's, if you want to go to war, you're in war, right? I was like, this is my opportunity. Again, being a God-fearing man, I know things happen for a reason. I prayed. It's like, if this is where you want me, I'll go. And that's how I came in the Navy. So what, what, what year was that finally when you came in? That was in 2007. So okay. I got mept or depth rather, um, February 2007. And I went to boot camp August 2007. Okay. So you, you went in as a corpsman then? Went in as a corpsman, yes. The five-year contract, the whole deal. So what was your, so you were, you said you were 25 when you went in or 20? 24, turning 24? 25. When I actually, when I left to boot camp, I turned 25. So what was that experience like? I mean, I went through when I was 22. So, I mean, I kind of had that same experience being a little bit older. Yeah. But I mean, 22 to 25, that's still a pretty big gap. So like, how, what was it like going through the you know majority, so, eight, 17, 18 year olds? It's funny because... Um, you're between 18 and 25. It's a lot of age. Right. It's a lot of experience, right? Not for a lot of people because some people just stay home and just chill. But for the majority of older adults, like 25-year-olds, that's like a perfect time. In mm. fact, when I graduated, my, my not my recruiter, but my RDC said, I wish I could get more 25 years old because it's a mature age. So... <laughs> I basically was in a division. I was in the 900 division, and uh, uh, but everybody used to call me grandpa. I'm like, geez, I'm only 25. How am I grandpa? I get if I was like past 30 or something right. like that, but everybody used to come to me for like, I guess you could say wisdom and guidance uh, because I had a whole bunch of junior young kids that are like, oh, how do you fold your socks? And how do you do all this? And I'm like... Guys, this is simple stuff. Like, And even having a more mature age, even going through boot camp, nothing ever phased me during boot camp. You know right. what I mean? Like other, uh, you know, an eight, as an 18-year-old, you're thinking, oh, they're, they're taking this. I'm taking this personal. Like they're doing this to me. Right. And I was always reassuring them. It's like, hey, this is not doing it to you. Mm-hmm. They're really doing it to break you down and, and almost take away and like extract that poison that you've been fed through your whole civilian you know life that this you're entitled to this this just means that you're nothing and they're building you to something and when i told them that a lot of the uh you know at the time recruits tunes to be sailors they they took a turn and it was kind of like midway so you say like into the month period they're like, wow, like I never thought about it like that. Blah, blah, blah. So um, from an early age, and I was the MA, the 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 MA of the, the division. So um, I was also looked at as kind of like a leader, so to speak. Uh, so, yeah, so it, 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 I was that was my experience to boot camp. Um, but they, the RDCs already knew kind of like I was older. So they kind of like leaned on me for the like guidance to the juniors. Right. It's definitely like it sucks sometimes like coming in like older 
So like, you know, when you're like third or second, like people your same age are like Chiefs, but it's definitely almost, uh, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to came in any younger, like already oh, coming in like that more mature. Yeah, yeah. You can, it's easy for you to separate, like you can kind of the game that they were playing and, and understanding that it's just not necessarily a game, but yeah. like you said, it, you take it less personal because you, you've already had life punch in the face a little, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like sometimes it's, I feel like it's almost like a disadvantage coming in super young because oh it is it is yeah. well that's i i always think that the perfect age to come into the military is between 23 and 25 because you've had life experience you've worked somewhere you know what a dental plan is you right. know you know what it is to go and get your appointment done but here you are dealing with you know being, being we being medical you know what i mean like we're we're almost like making appointments for adults right. it's like how did you miss your appointment? Like right. you would have get, been getting paid, like you would have to pay to miss an appointment. You know what I mean? So, it's definitely it's definitely been been rewarding to come in er, like later right. on, um, and that's another thing that has pushed me to to succeed so fast. Um, is me want? I'm like, man, I'm 25. You know, 25 year olds in my like my age, they're already like first. Right first classes you know going up to chief so mm -hmm. i need to move fast so yeah. that's definitely one motivating factor. motivating factor yeah definitely so we kind of covered a lot there so the thing i always like to ask people you know kind of in, in this age group right especially so you said 2007 or 8 when you seven, came in seven. 7 when you came in right so we're still pretty early on in the war right so like what's the What's the, especially course school, and we'll get there in a minute, but like even through boot camp, like what was the mindset of like going through boot camp then? Because like we were in the height of two wars at that point, right? Yeah. Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. So like what, what was that like? Like was it talked about a lot? Like in boot camp, was it like, yeah. Like what, yeah. What, so, so, um, or what was your mindset at? Because I mean, my like no, you're like you're going through basic training, especially mm -hmm. as being a corpsman, one of the few rates in the Navy where like you know you're very large possibility of going into the shit war, like war driven like rate basically. So like like even that like what was your mindset knowing that you're most likely going right to that? So my mindset going through it itself, like me, I don't know if it's like I don't want to say I'm a warmonger. But I definitely was ready for war. I was my my whole goal was to get over there and destroy the people that did the stuff that the atrocity that that they did at, at New York and Pennsylvania and D.C. and 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 that that was my main motivator. Um, it was not talked to so much until we got in to battle stations, you know what I mean? Like I went through the new battle station. We were the first unit or the first uh, uh, boot camp class, if you will, to go or the division to go through the newer battle stations, the, the USS Trayer. Mm -hmm. um, I always mess around and tell everybody that I've been on two ships already, you know, <laughs> or three ships if you include the USS Marlin Spike, you know what I mean? But, but my, my whole mindset going through, um, going through boot camp was what do I have to do to get to Iraq and Afghanistan? You know what I mean? And that, that took me on straight into, into core school where I was lucky enough to have a, a, um, 
a core school instructor, James Wallace, which is a good friend of mine right now. He's actually the uh, one of the command master chiefs over in, in Japan right now. And talking to him, he's like, man, you have no idea. Like, he was my main motivator to, like, push forward. He was an IDC. You know what I mean? He was, like, a green side, green side corpsman. Infantry, boots on ground corpsman. Um, showing us pictures of over there and stuff like that. So, as soon as the detailer, you know, the career counselor, if you will, core school career counselor, which I think is a horrible mix when you mix uh, <laughs> corpsman and, and career, career counselor. counselor. I always think that... a a career counselor should be a career counselor, period. And there shouldn't be a corpsman. That should be a collateral duty. You have too much, right. too much thing. But, but as soon as they came in, as soon as they came in, I was like, like okay, they, they said it. I was like, East Coast FMSS. I'm like, right here, right here, please. First one. And I, I, you know, I saw, I saw some, some people around me cry when that was the first order. I'm like, what are you crying about? It's like, well, I don't want to go to war. I'm like, you went into the Department of Defense. Did you not what, watch recruitment what videos? What did you not, <laughs> what you think this was going to be? We're literally in two wars right now. What did you think? i like, not that I downplayed her, her like that sailor's crying, but it's like, are you kidding me right now? Like that, that it's, a big, it's a big reason why I'm like a big proponent of like, we need toughness in the military. We need to build a unified, like, Marine Corps-istic, uh, if you will, a Marine Corps-istic way of, of, of teaching because they start from day one. It's a switch. Mm -hmm. As soon as you come in, boom, it's discipline. You know what I mean? So as soon as that career counselor came in, it's like East Coast and FMSS with the goal to get to FMSS, to get to an infantry, to get my ass to Iraq and Afghanistan. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, I went to core school, went to FMSS. Now it's called FMTB or whatever they want to call it now. And just to translate that for some people who are listening who are not in the military, uh, FMTB, which it's called now, and what, would, yeah, what well, did it used to be called? Well, it F used to be called Field Medicine, uh, uh, Field Med Medicine Service School. Now it's called Field Medical Training Battalion. So that's the school that corpsmen have to go through and R RPs. Um, mm. before well, RPs go through Crest. Oh, it's different. Wait, it, it's it's during the same time, but they go through Crest. I again, that was during my time. Now they probably go together, but it's basically a school that teaches them Marine Corps things before you go okay. serve with the Marine Corps. Before you go right. serve with the Marines, that, and that's literally the only time you go through FMS, FMSS or FMTB now, um, and RPs go through Crest, uh, which teaches uh, RPs religious. Um, Personnel, personnel. Uh, to protect the chaplains and you know, stuff like that. But for us, they teach us Marine Corps driven tactics, techniques, you know, close in, maneuver and kill the enemy. That's how they, that's how that's what they teach you. Basically, it's three months of Marine Corps boot camp, if you will. And not, again, that's an, a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't know corp or the Marines are part of the Navy, right? Like right. that, like that alone confuses people. Um, and then obviously uh, Marines don't have their own medics, right? Army has right. medics. Air Force has their version of, of medics. Right. Marines do not, so they rely on the Navy to send right. the Navy corpsmen to go serve with the Marines. Yeah, so. we, they always say, it's like, oh, it's the men's department. It's like, oh, shut up, you know. It's like, that's what Marines stands for. My ass rides in Navy equipment, sir. You know, it's a, and it's a banter because it's like, that's what I love about being with the Marines is like, there's such a, a camaraderie and brotherhood. Like, you know how it is. Like, 
when somebody messes with your cousin, you beat the crap out of them, right? right? Whereas you can always you mess, can mess with, with your cousin, yeah. but don't mess with my don't me, don't mess with my cousin. I'll kill you. Right. But I can mess with him all the time. Right. right. So it's kind of like that relationship that Marine Corps and, and Marine Corps and, and and Navy Corpsmen have. It, I think it's the only distinct relationship that two external, you know, entities have like that camaraderie. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a big brotherhood. Big brotherhood. It's and they rely so much on you, right? Like especially oh in in the division. Oh yeah, uh, so right because there's three parts. There's division, which is like the boots on the ground. That division is the if you say like uh, the fleet. Okay. Like seventh fleet, fourth fleet, so on and so forth. And then you have then the you go mag. down to the well, oh. not really. So so you ha- for the ground element, you have the division. Then you go down to the regiment. Then you go down to the battalion. Then you go down to the platoon. Then you go down to the squad. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about as far as like the three, three oh, the places three big... corpsmen that can, can serve in. It's like either division, which is like division, the boots on ground people. Correct. You have air. The, the mag, right? Marine air. or uh, Well, that's one of them, but it's the, the air component. And then you have the MLG. And then you have the MLG, which is logistics. logistics. Yeah, the, okay. the support element. And those are the three Marine Corps entities you can serve with. And it's, you know, under that, they have their own thing <laughs> things you know what i mean like i like i just said battalion regiment so on and so forth so like uh, we just covered a shit ton right there right? <laughs> kind of want to back up a little bit and um it's like one of like something that like i i always kill myself about and i actually like i really don't talk to many people about it but like even though as much as i say like i'm happy i joined a lot later right and i didn't even join as a corpsman right i joined obviously i was in the submarine force mm-hmm. but like now that i am a corpsman like I'm going to say, like, I get jealous, but, like, because I, I graduated high school in 08, right? Like, I, w- I would have been able to join right out of high school. But, like, I almost wish I could, like, go back in time and, start earlier. and like, join as a corpsman and, like, be able to go over there, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I hate saying that out loud because it's almost like I'm glorifying, like, what happened over there. Like, it's cool, right? But, like... Well, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, you're, you're almost like you want to do your job. Well, and and like that's why I, love I just want to be able to say like I served over there, right? But like, right. but being like, damn, like I'm pissed off. Like I didn't, I didn't. I, I wish I'd go back in time and do it so I could go over there. Well, I know there's tons of people who could wish they could go back in time while they're over there to save their buddy or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like I hate saying that out loud, but like, well, you say that and. I tell you, a lot, a lot of guys are the same mentality that have been over there. We wish we didn't go over there. You know, right. I've unfortunately, <clears throat> I've lost a lot of buddies of mine because they went over there. And the see, the things that we see over there aren't meant to be seen by humans. They're not meant to be seen by anybody. Like the firefighters in New York that had to pull people out of these of the rubble nobody's meant to see that they your brain as a human being uh, because we're we're programmed to be kind good and 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 nice to one another and stuff like that even though there's obviously <laughs> there's people that aren't but we're programmed to be that yeah you're not programmed to see that you know i've seen i my iraq wasn't so bad i dealt with a lot of medical like you know uh yeah we got shot at here and there but Nothing bad, right? Because it was toward, when I went to Iraq, it was towards the end of Iraq, right? So we we responded to a lot of things, but it wasn't anything good. When I went to Afghanistan, man, 
and I saw kids, you know, I seen brains coming out of kids' heads and uh, getting kids getting shot at by Taliban, a pressure plate, a kid playing in the street and they hit a pressure plate meant for us. You know what I mean? So Taliban, they don't, they don't, they don't have the sanctity of life that we do. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's hard. It's hard. You know what I mean? Because even though the people that I shot, the people that my Marines shot, yeah, we shot them out of defense, but we don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So a lot of our, our buddies, a, a lot of my brothers that I call brothers, you know what I mean? We, we loved being over there, but we hated being over there because I, you don't, we didn't get anything out of that. You know what I mean? Right. At the time, it's freaking awesome. You know what I mean? You see it on TV, so you play like, you know, Medal of Honor type type things. Like, you know, my brother, I play around, he's like, hey, do you play Call of Duty? And I joke around and say, no, I've been in it. So, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't play that. But in reality, like, I I was there with my snipers. I was, you know, it's like, oh, Corman, don't, don't, don't shoot at people. It's like, oh, that's funny because I guess the law that was behind my back and I used it was like, it's not a big deal, right? So it's like, you don't want to see those things, man. Like right. I, I tell everybody, it's like, man, that must have been cool. It's like it was, because I have cool sea stories, but I wish I never saw those things. Right. You know what I mean, exactly. I, when, when you saw like my my biggest thing was I saw a little girl that got shrapnel in her in her neck. You know, you know my my son's age. You know what I mean? And she was looking up at me. I thought she was, you know, catatonic. She was not responsive. So I told the the interpreter's like, hey, I need her to respond to me because I need I need to see some response because I'm about to I'm about to rub her external rub her to to get a response. And he's like, and he talked to her and she said, is like she thought that I was an angel, you know what I mean? So we're not supposed to see those things, man. We're not supposed to hear about those things. And I tell I tell people that have not been over there is like, yeah, it's cool, and I get the wanting to serve because I have a junior sailor that. Was in the infantry, but he was never around during the during that time. So right. he was in a peacetime Marine Corps, right? So I told him, "Like, man, I know it sounds cool, but if I can, if I can rewind time, I I wish I didn't right. see those things." Exactly. Shooting is cool. The stuff that comes after the shooting is not. Right. You know what I mean, I just, I just think a lot of it's like I am. That's why, like I said, like I hate saying it out loud because it's it's definitely something that shouldn't be glorified. But like. Just knowing I, 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 I could have joined at a time that was very well in the middle of the shit. And, like, no, I could have gone over there to, like, do something. And the fact that, like, I was instead in clubs in New Jersey DJing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, like, it, it kind of always takes me back to that scene in uh, um, the Chris Collins, American Sniper, mm-hmm. where he's, like, driving. And, like, his wife goes in, like, it's, like, right before his wife goes into labor. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, I'm over here driving to the fucking mall while, I'm like, my buddies are over there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that yeah, scene yeah. kind of always takes it back to, like, like, what, like, I graduated high school in 08. Could have very well went over there. Yeah, but, like, I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, but they, at, the, they, at the same time, it's, like, I get it. But it's, like, no, we have to live our life, too. You know what I mean? Because of that, it's, like, we're not in a war-torn country. Thank, thank yeah. God. Thank Thor, whoever you want to thank. Thank goodness that we're not in a in a country like that. That we do have those opportunities mm-hmm. to do that. Because, mm-hmm. like, look at me. I could have I could have joined earlier, and I, in, a, in a way, I know what you're feeling because I wanted to join earlier, but the army kept like messing up paperwork or they're doing something and this and that. And then it's like, man, I wish I would have been able to go to Iraq. 
but I know what you're saying because I, I why am I saying that? Right. Why do I shouldn't want, want to, to go, go to there. war? Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I, I know where you're coming from because well, I'm sure that you have a more personal story about 9-11. Right. You know what I mean? I, and, I, you I know, think it might, it might be because of I, that. And it has to be because you, you, you had something personal that you lost. You know what I mean? You're right next door. Right. And it's kind of like, hey, my neighbor just got killed and I, I, I want to go get revenge. And it's like, unfortunately, we weren't. We right. weren't around. You know what I mean? So, and it's funny you say that because the moment, I, to this day, I can remember the moment that those seals killed Osama bin Laden. You know, and I literally have just gotten back from Afghanistan, hunting for Taliban, hunting for, you know, um, HVTs and all that stuff. HVTs, higher value targets. targets. Yeah. Um, So when I heard that, I was like, they got that motherfucker. And I started crying because that's the whole reason we were over there. You know what I mean? And now we still have guys over there. You know what I mean? So it's in a way... I understand what you're saying because it almost it, going over there validates you as an American right. and validates you as a service member. Uh, but in another way, it, it like to me, man, it, it 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 dehumanized me to a point that you know when I got back, I was always on the alert. Still am sometimes. You know what I mean? There's a reason why I carry everywhere. There's a reason why why. I, I look behind my back. There's a reason why I, you know, when I hear a loud noise, I get startled. You know what I mean? So those things, it's like it dehumanizes you. And that's a, that's why I say it's like, yeah, it's cool, right. but it's not. Right. You know yep. what I mean? But I completely understand why, because that moment I was driving back from the beach with my wife. It was like 930 at night when President Obama came on the on the radio and said, and it was like on every channel. So I was like changing the channel. I was like, what am I, a news? <laughs> I'm not, I don't want a news. I want like hip hop. I want right. a freaking dance, right? And it was like, we, you know, at this time we, we planned a raid that took out Osama bin Laden and I cried. I cried. And my, and Ashley, you know what I mean? She was like, she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? It's like, <laughs> like we, we did him. it. Yeah. We got him. You mission know complete. Mean? Yeah, mission complete. Like real mission complete, not you know Bush mission complete. I love, I love, I love the guy, but, but he's a yeah, mission accomplished. Which mission was accomplished? You know what I mean? So, so we, we definitely just jumped ahead there, right? So let's kind of get, get back to your yeah the process the process, right? So, uh, so boot camp, right? Core school. You went to core school up there, right? Up in um, Chicago and Great Lakes. I mean, right the there. only. Uh, of the course. only yeah, one, uh, Great Lakes, Parcheesis, <laughs> man, who can? <laughs> I know, I get it. I'm not a real corpsman. I, <laughs> I went to school in Texas. I get it. Man, uh, but you, it's not your fault. You went to school with army medics. So it's like, it's <laughs> cool. Pretty much special forces. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Delta, Delta. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still, it was probably still like or same length, right? Like four months long? That did, uh, did that change? Well, mine was a little longer. <laughs> Uh, I got put on hold for about three months. Don't know why, but we were on hold from October till January. Was it be- before you classed up or after? Before, before, before I you classed up. up. And that's really why I didn't get to go to Iraq, Iraq. You know what I mean? I, uh, I'm sure if I would have 
classed up right after I graduated. I would have graduated in December. Would have been probably in Iraq. How, how was the military like logistically back then? Like even manning, right? Because I mean, we're funding or funding and manning two wars. Mm-hmm. Like so, like was it? more of a shit show than it is now or like well <laughs> i mean to be honest with you it's probably I, I would seem it probably easier because at least everyone had a destination of the wars <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Going to Iraq or so before before uh or excuse me during the war logistically and manning wise man the marine corps got pick of the litter it was almost like here's a blank check you know what i mean have at it do whatever you need to do to gear up our guys you know it was carte blanche on 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 getting whatever you need to make sure that we're successful at war you know what i mean so mm-hmm. you know in afghanistan we were getting like the gucci gear and the and we're looking at each other like how what are we gonna do with this stuff you know what i mean it's cool so we're like you know i don't want to say the word but gear gear dudes like mm-hmm. like you know what i mean so it's 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 funny but logistically speaking we we were set you know what I mean? Like, uh, we lost a guy, we had a guy. We, had, I mean, for really, sometimes it felt like for every one guy we lost, we got two. You know what mm. I mean? So, but we, we in our BAS, we had sixty-five plus people, which is your, your, um, your, your what you what you rate during war, or anyways during your BDS. So did you go? You went to FMT or F? What was it called? FS. FMSS. Right, right after they said, yeah. So it's you, you did that right after core school, or right after. And then you, so you went Greenside right after core school. Immediately, was, yeah. was was it like back then? Was it like pretty much whole class went because of just the need for you no, guys or no, no? No, it was. So I would say out of the class of us, I think we graduated twenty seven. Oh wow. About, 27 between 20 and 27 i'll say uh, between 20 and 30 i'd say 30 that way it could be like an approximation i want to say about maybe 10 people so like a oh wow a a third of the or a fourth of the class went fms uh you know uh, whatever had to do with marines and then we had you know ships and then we had hospitals and stuff like that so um what did you so at did you know where your were your orders already two division or whatever or did you get those once you went through FMTB? Yeah, my orders were straight to division. Um, I because I I I wanted it. I, I told the um, and I told my my uh, uh, my core school instructor, which was like I said, James Wallace. Um, he's a he's an H, uh, what not HMC. I'm a command master chief now. Um, I'm pretty sure he had a lot to do with me going to Greenside infantry because it was written in my orders to go um, I don't know if they still have that terminology it's called PCI uh, where I went to division until I had to class up with my Marines or excuse me FMSS so I went to yeah I went to um, uh, PCI which was in the division in the PSD department in inside Camp Lejeune then I classed up then I went straight to one uh, eight Marines, first um, Battalion, eighth Marines. Okay. So that was like you did PSD as like the admin yeah thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. but it's it's not a Navy admin. So any Navy personnel was with Marines gotcha. in in Camp Lejeune. So they all wore the 
marine mar paths, which are the marine pattern uh, uh, camouflage. Um, so they had it was only geared for Navy personnel with the Marines units. So uh, um, at this time, so like oh seven oh eight, right? But the the time frame we're going through this school. So I had a H M one John O'Hara on my podcast a, a while ago, and he went through. So he was already in core school like when nine eleven was happening. Mm-hmm. So and uh, he was actually in like one of the first divisions that went over from Kuwait to Iraq. Um, but he said like when he went through FMTB, it was very much like mash. Like it was like very like Vietnam era stuff. Yep. It was, was it? Did we kind of adapt by two thousand two thousand eight like to like more modern stuff? Because we've already had a few years of war. In what aspects? Because um, the field medical battalion or field medical um, handbook that hasn't changed much. You know what I mean? Because it was it, it's it's predominantly like field medicine is predominantly driven by T triple C. Right. Right. Which nowadays we're starting to incorporate that into the fleet, which that's a different tangent that I want to go to because I I helped I mentioned it a thousand times before. And not that I'm saying that I specifically incorporated into the to the fleet, but I definitely mentioned it a lot of times that we should gear more towards T triple C guidance. And then they told me, no, it doesn't make sense for the fleet. And here we are five years later. <laughs> we're incorporating into in the, the fleet. fleet. But um, it doesn't change much. You know what I mean? Uh, Dr. Hagman was one of the biggest creators of the TCCC. Dr. Hagman is an old army guy, doctor, phenomenal thinker that di- invented him and his partners at the time invented TCCC. And uh, he was in Vietnam. All right. So not much has changed, you know what I mean? To the point that when I went through the pig lab and, you know, the, the, the advanced trauma, the casualty care class, which is where the pigs and stuff like that, um, it's much of the same, the much of the same medicine, you know what I mean? So we, I mean, to, to the point that we were going through the FMF, FMFTB and we had, we had Vietnam era Alice packs and right. and you know flak jackets. It literally, it said flak jacket. <laughs> um, and, you know, we had the old school Kevlar's that are like sitting with like five fifty cord web, and it's like it hurts because it's like a chin strap. Like you know, <laughs> you're being squeaked. You look like a Koopa Troopa. <laughs> and um, so yeah, it, it, during that time, um, I, now from what I've heard, they've moved towards. Gucci gear, you yeah. Know, they had the Mark Five helmets. They have the the Mark Nine Nineteen or Mark Nine, whatever they're um, the the new tan packs. It's so it's it's moved on because they they understand they have to move on with the with the times. You know? Right, and just just kind of again clarify some of these acronyms you're using. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, sorry. So Corman, we're very and of course jump in and tell me if I'm wrong because obviously you know you've been around longer <laughs> than me. Uh, Corman world, we're kind of split between. Like clinical medicine, mm-hmm. shipboard medicine, which is kind of like clinical medicine, mm-hmm. and then green yeah, side medicine, yep. right? So, uh, C is tactical casualty combat care, yep. which is kind of how you treat wounds on the battlefield. And then we are also taught, you know, the clinical sterile side. <laughs> sterile side. <laughs> um, yeah, the clean side, if you will. So, but, but now there was a very large divide in between, depending where you were as a corpsman and how you did medicine. Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to kind of 
blanket that and kind of make it a one way across the board with with implementing T triple C on board ships and stuff like that. So to yeah, kind I mean, of clarify for people listening, yeah, exactly. I think that's a that's the way to go. You know what I mean? Like uh, medicine in the civilian sector is universal. You know what I mean? The way you deal with Mona protocols, you know. Uh, which is during you know any type of heart attack or any cardio event stuff like that is the same way you deal with it everywhere. So why not do that with medicine? Right. You know, doesn't I mean? matter if you're bleeding in the middle of the desert or on a ship; doesn't you're matter. still yeah. bleeding. <laughs> Correct, and that's why that's why I was so so um, motivated to say, hey, why aren't we not using stuff that's tried and proven? Right. Just because you're not on a battlefield doesn't mean you're not in a war scenario where if you get if you get you know, like the coal or like the spark or like or even like the Fitzgerald and the McCain. Those are all you're taking on casualties. Right. You're taking on you're taking on people that are that are hurting. So well, the best way to do it is the, the, the battlefield style medicine. Right. If we're in the Department of Defense, we should we right. should be the same way across the board. And that's why I was. You're, you're always battling something, right? It's yeah, either always battling enemies something. are shooting at you, yep. or there's water coming in the ship. Yep. You're still, still battling it something. Is. It's something you. It's something to get back to normal, and mm-hmm. you know you're trying to make sure that people survive, and that's why I was a big component of of making it universal, make it easier for a corpsman that leave a hospital to go onto a ship or to go onto the, to the fleet or to the green side. Mm-hmm. It's no difference. Yeah. So, I mean. Practicing medical in the clinic where I was at and then practicing on the ship was a huge shift. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine going to, like, Greenside, like, how much yes. of, a, of a difference it would be. Um, but I know now, obviously, I'm going there in a few months. Like, I I know they've actually incorporated TCCC and all that right into core school. Yes. They've separated us from the Air Force now, which is it's nice. Great. So we're, we're on our own path now, which yeah. is hopefully a step in the right direction. Um, again, we got off topic. <laughs> I want to talk about, uh, how you got to the Marines and, and what your first, um, uh, your first duty station was the mindset right now. You've gone through basic training. You've gone through core school, right? You're no longer a student. Now you're a, a corpsman, type <laughs> corpsman right? Yeah, now yeah, you're yeah. expected to do your job, yep. right? We're in wartime. Go. <laughs> uh, so I checked into my unit one eight. Um, because I'm older, the battalion chief at the time was very, was very, you know, I don't want, I can't say lax. I want to say that he, he knew what he had and he wanted to use it. Uh, he knew he had a mature guy experienced in life. And so he already wanted to make me the, the senior line corpsman. I was like, Chief, I am not ready for that. At the time, uh, a good friend of mine, which passed away, and uh, one were there in the battalion, Danny Joe Novet, um, he became the senior line corpsman. Um, can, you that, just, can you just tell us what that means real fast? So just senior line corpsman is basically your LPO, which is your lead, lead petty officer, and he's responsible for all the corpsmen in that, in that battalion, or excuse me, in that uh, platoon or okay. company, rather. So I was a weapons company corpsman. He was the senior line corpsman of weapons company, which had fifteen uh, corpsmen. So he was in charge of all the corpsmen in that in that um, uh, company. 
So at the time, he took charge. I love that guy. He was such a humble guy. I miss him to this day. I remember him every day because he was with with me. He was a fleet returning when we were in uh, in uh, FMTB, and we got to the same unit. He he started becoming. When he started getting ill, he you know he got diagnosed with cancer. Uh, again, my battalion chief. He's like, "Hey, uh, Kano, you're it." I'm like, "I am new to this navy. I don't even know what to do." Uh, again, be, just being the older guy. Right. So they got another guy in there. Uh, the mentality was when I was in there was just train hard, train fast, be good at my job because there's going to be lives in my hands and there's going to be guys depending on me. And at the time I went on my first battalion run or a company run and it was a six miler. Well, how many civilians do just six miles in any given time not very many right mm -hmm. so i was never used to we did three miles here one mile here during depths uh but you're not doing six miles and you're I'm not you're you also gear on too right not at the time oh, okay. but we were in boots and utes meaning oh, okay. meaning combat boots and utility pants so and and your skivvy shirt um so we were running and i was hurting to the point that i threw up while i was running and I have a, a different story about that where my, where my, that's the reason my platoon sergeant at the time gave me so much respect because I threw up and that's how the Marines are. <laughs> you know, you throw up while running and you keep going, you're respected. You're good. You're good. You're, you're a Marine, right? So, um, I got to Iraq. Um, we did our workups. We went to CACs, which is, uh, 29 Palms. Uh, we did our... Um, CQB training, which was in Virginia, Fort Pickett, Virginia, when we went to Iraq. My daughter has just been born, so a lot of emotions flowing, right? We got over there, we did our stuff, we come back, or excuse me, but while I was over there, I become the senior line corpsman, thrust into leadership, basically. Um, but at the time, I was nervous, but at the time, I didn't realize that, that was the turning point of my leadership mentality got back to to our battalion area you know we redeployed back to the states after going to iraq and once again we started gearing Work, up to working deploy up. working up to deploy again mojave viper picket afghanistan um during that time i learned a lot you know what i mean i learned a lot of leadership and being thrust into leadership and and having the lives of corpsmen and and their career and their guidance and their training and everything in your hands so so you deployed to iraq once and afghanistan once correct so what's just uh so you did iraq first and then afghanistan second correct. so just what's like a do your division both times division yeah so what was what's just like one? Just take me through like a, a day there. Like like what is it? Right, movies portray one thing, news portrays one thing. Like what is, what is a day over there in Afghanistan? Or yeah, or Iraq, whatever. I mean, I, so I mean, you said Afghanistan was much more cutthroat than Iraq correct. was. Correct. So, so I, I will talk more about Afghanistan because uh, it would be unjust to talk about Iraq because it was. It was a patrol, come back to base. Patrol, come back to base. Again, we got into like one little tick. A tick is 
is um, uh, troops in contact, meaning we're getting shot at, or some type of action. Uh, there was an RPG. We went to investigate. The guy had gone, stuff like that. So not a big deal. So that was more of a contingency operations, if you will, to make sure, like, at the time, it, ISIS wasn't a thing or just in its infancy of cre getting created. It was Al-Qaeda. So to make sure that Al-Qaeda was not terrorizing this city and we went to all these different cities and scoured the the desert and make sure everything was good to go so like were we much more of like a police force there? yes yeah yeah that would be that that's fair to say that's a that's a great um comparison is like more of a police a mentality true uh, patrolling the desert at that time did we have that relationship with the the new iraqi army where we were kind of just there supporting them yes kind of let them do so we were like a, as a training asset right. to them uh while they were training we were patrolling right um you know it was cool because we we stopped uh, our base literally was where where moses stopped oh wow it, so you know they have it they have a plate on it they're like there's this is where moses stopped with his with the jews and blow i'm like geez that's freaking cool that's you cool. know what i mean so uh so but it was more i don't want to say like a sightseeing thing but it was more it's a great introduction into war without getting shot at okay. uh afghanistan every day man you wake up and i was a little luckier because since i was the senior corpsman i was in the command base we went through a lot of patrols we got shot at a lot but um i give it up to more of my guys to the point that i sometimes feel like i wish i would have done more so that's why i was always searching to get out of the base we think we have a thing called fobbit you don't want to be a fobbit you a fobbit is just basically a person that stays inside the fob the forward observation base and kind of like you know i don't want to get shot at kind of so i don't want to say a punk but you're not getting shot at so uh you're still in danger right because you can get mortared any time in the middle of a war but zone. you're less <laughs> danger than it so i was always like hey do you want a corman hey do you want a corman hey do you want a corman i was like fiending i was like, like a meth head trying to get out of the, <laughs> the out of the um the, the fog. fog so um but your typical day i would get up you know hygiene stuff like that get out uh grab some grab some chow go on a patrol uh, sometimes it's out to the bazaar. Sometimes it's out to the wadis, whatever the case. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows wadi is just a river basin uh, without water. <laughs> um, so we would just patrol, 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 patrol. Um, sometimes you get shot at. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get IEDs. I mean, the first patrol I ever went on, um, a daytime patrol, not the the first patrol. The first patrol was with um, the ETT, the um, uh, engagement training team which trained the police right how to be a police how to stuff like that the first patrol was out to the bazaar went out boom id we're like what the what's going on so we went i trucked it like oh i at the time i didn't know that i could have just ran across <laughs> this way because there was an alley that that linked us and i could have just asked two of my marines to go with me but I didn't know that because nobody communicated that. So I ran all the way around the block. <laughs> to, it, it was literally, I ran 200 yards. <laughs> so by the time I got to the patient, I was like, 
but you don't feel it right? right at the time i was in way better shape because i was in the marines we ran every day every day was pt so they for, they surround themselves around to pt not to look just look good but literally for that type of stuff mm. so i i wasn't i was huffing and puffing but not like <laughs> like i was dying i was just like right got to the guy or got to the to the uh, patient it was two kids you know what i mean paying with their uncle's id vest and um man that that scenario i can still vividly remember you know that kid mine was eight years old my buddy's was 12 years old crack in the in the skull he got flung 50 feet right um dropped an ng uh uh an ng tube a nasal gas not an ng tube excuse me um a nasal pharyngeal uh and he was breathing blood coming out i saw a little bit of blood coming up so i wrapped him up got him into the the ambulance went to base we were literally outside of base so that id was meant for us right um we got to we got him on the helo he took off he took off alive but we knew he was going to pass away because me and my doctor we looked at it gray matter was coming out so you just keep going man right after that i just picked up my rifle went on another patrol get up work out uh over there you got to make make like make do so we again we had the better base so we had like the real good weights but when you go out to the fobs and stuff like that i'm talking about barbell or uh razor wire reels which are like 50 pounds 75 pounds each and you're like you're like lifting with that you're like doing chest all that stuff so it's just everyday grind man and you don't know what you wake up and you don't know what what's going to happen did they have anything over there Uh, i mean i feel like they have to right to to like uh take care of you guys for like going through that kind of shit right i mean over there yeah like just even like I mean, obviously, chaplains are embedded with you, right? Yeah, or, we, we had a chaplain. So, but, like, was there, like, processes? Like, after, like, you went through, like, traumatic things like that, like, did you have to, like, was it mandatory to, like, go talk to the chaps? Or it was just another day, another day just at another work? Day. Another day at work. You know, you're... Especially as Doc, right? Because, like, you know, you always hear the, the thing yeah. on the ships, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Doc's here to take care of us. No one's here to take care Nobody of Doc. Take, yeah, right? absolutely. So, um, We had a informal or... Yeah, an informal process, which is just talk to my battalion chief at the time, Ron Sloan, which a big reason why I'm a chief today at the at how fast I pushed and how how I take care of my sailors and stuff like that is because of him. Man. And I have his anchors. And the day I got pinned on as a chief, I cried because when I got home, I was underway when I got pinned. That's but cool. uh, yeah, like getting pinned like that is so beautifully awesome it sucks it's bittersweet because i didn't have my ashley there didn't have all the kids the kids and stuff like that but i got pinned by like my dad which is neptune and you know my mermaid mom and stuff like that so you get to pin like a like a sailor right so but i feel like that's how it's supposed to happen right like i feel like it is i feel like it is but it is what it is you know, I, I would have preferred getting pinned on by, by my uh, wife and kids, but it would, it would but, but I digress. Uh, Ron Sloan, he, he, we all talked. After something like that happened, it's like, man, 
did I do everything right? Did I Man. do this? It's like what I saw is like, you know, to the point that actually one day a little girl came in and uh, she had touched a 440 wire, 440 volts. You know what I mean? I mean, we we hear about 440 on, on the trips. If you touch 440 or get electrocuted by 440, you're done. You're ashes, right? You're yeah. gone. Um, it's like when you cross the streams with Ghostbusters, you're done, right? So um, she touched the wire because it was live and the muscle between here and here blood vessels muscle tissue everything from here to here gone and from here to here gone and the the um the wire or the the stream went through here and out through her heart he told me don't go in there it's like why i, I gotta go in there i gotta help you guys it's like i don't want you to see that because you have a daughter right you know what i mean so he saw that so it, it gives you that type of mentality. You know, when we lost our uh, one of our corpsmen over there to this day, you know, Gonzo, may he rest in peace. I love you, brother. Um, we lost him, and I saw him break. And it was like, fuck, man. We only have each other over there, man. You know, and you don't have anybody else you don't have that's why we grow so close that's why there is a camaraderie when we grow over there and that's why i think that when military people go through stuff like that that they actually see death that they actually experience death together you grow closer bonds than and nobody will ever understand it no civilian not even family members you can explain it to your blue in the face and they will not comprehend the utter closeness and the way you feel about those people that you go through mm. like like you do like yep. i will die and i will kill for all the brothers that i've that i've been over there with you know we another we lost again the the reason i say yeah we're not built for that is i i just recently lost my my brother Corey last last year you know what i mean and it was because he he lost a battle to his demons and 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 I have a whole bunch of friends like that, and it's like almost every year I lose somebody that it's either because of demons or because of you know drinking or an accident or whatever the case may be, but there's nothing it, and it helps me I don't know if i I'm just fucked up in the head that way um you're not built for that mm -mm. but you are like there are people that are built more for that. And that's why in my head, even with experiencing those things, even with with um, seeing the things that I saw, I feel like I haven't done enough when I was over there. Even me. Kind of like your, your bars. Yeah, like, I, like I feel like I didn't do enough because it was so, like, I don't have the PTSD that I see with my brothers. I don't have the, 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 the anger that I have like my brothers. But speaking to your therapist with, uh, I'll plug that in, is like, if you need help, man, get it. If you need help, get it. Because I got it after years. And it's it's helped me a lot. It's pushed me away from bad thoughts. It's pushed me away from anger. Um, but we're not built for that, man. And that guilt has slowly gone away because of me seeing somebody. Um, but I know a lot of my friends have it. Or they see them too late and then... Their, their, their demons catch up to them. So 
that's your everyday man there's no support over there there's no there's just you and your brothers i'm sure now because they realize that oh you know man there there's people over there suffering it's like well thanks now you know <laughs> 20 I mean? years but later 20 years later where mm-hmm. you don't have there's no war right now you know right. I mean? there's your embedded training or your embedded, uh, mental health teams and stuff like that which is an amazing leaps and bounds to what we had but we didn't have that over there you know it's just wake up shoot kill go eat chow go take a shower go back to sleep repeat and repeat Rinse, lather, repeat. You know what I mean. <laughs> so that that was really our support system, which are ourselves. Much like any ship, if you mm. if you think about it, when you're underway, you know, there's not. Yeah, the chaps comes on board. If you're on a DDG, the chaps comes on board every now and then. The embedded mental health teams comes on board every now and then. But in reality, you're going to chow, and you're playing Uno on the on the mess decks, and you're having steel beach picnics on Sunday and it's the same steel beach picnic and they right. burn the, the burgers or they burn the steaks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's the same thing, but really you're, you're, the camaraderie gets built on, on, and I hate to say it like this, but camaraderie gets built on suffering. Absolutely. Stronger bonds get built by suffering. Cause you're all going through the same shit. <laughs> and a, and a, and a, and a bitchin' sailor ain't a happy sailor. You know what I mean? So, so like I always say that it's just like the, the suffering. Yeah. It sucks. But man, the sea stories that you get out of it right. is amazing, you know. And the bonds. Yeah, man, like better. I, I right now, like there's Marines that call me. To this day, they call me. It's like, hey, doc, I went to medical, but I don't trust them, and I haven't been with the Marines since damn 2011. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they still call me. It's like, hey, doc, hey, man, I went to medical, but I don't trust them. Hey, what do you think about this? I'm like. Dude, you're talking to a doctor. Like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not not even certified to see. I'm hardly certified to see people. Like, don't trust me. You know what I mean? It's it's cool. It's it's definitely like a, a amazing dynamic that uh, you get in the military mm-hmm. of just how close you get so fast. Mm-hmm. In you mm-hmm. know what I mean, like. Like, I have my, my, my buddy Ray, my best friend since fourth grade, and he's Dominic's godfather, right? Like, my best friend to this day. But, like, people like you and my buddy Brandon, you know, like, that I met on this boat. Like, I've only known you for, like, two, three years. But, like, Stronger no guy. issue. <laughs> right, like, no issue, like, letting my kids sleep over your house. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Just, like, it, it's just, it it's so cool, but it's built through... Shit. To the shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a reason it's called the suck, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you, you, it sucks, right. but it's awesome at the same time. It's just a, just such a paradigm difference. Like, it's, it's insane that it you can so bad. It's suck cool. so much that it's so cool. Yeah. Like, I hated going on patrol 45 days in, and I don't have my beer day. I mean, granted, it's like old, like Bud Light, God, ugh. but, but man, I, I want to go back. I want to be there. You know what I mean? And I'm sure every sailor, you know, with your exception, you know, there's people that genuinely don't like the military. They get into, and I think anybody that gets into something for the wrong reasons is going to hate their life. You know, oh, because it, let me do this because it has a great reenlistment bonus yeah it's awesome to be an idc but if you become an idc just because it's money you're gonna hate life man yeah so same thing goes with like the military if you're this is not a job you shouldn't this is not target you 
they're simple rules. Like to be in the military, it's simple. Be there on time, have your uniform, listen to what you're told. That's it. Literally, those are three rules that are just as, as basic as you can make it. Like those are the three rules. But people still have problems with it because it's like, what are you talking? What are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Like, but for the people, the majority that do that and they actually they actually go in the military, it sucks. Man. But man, it's it's so awesome. It's such an awesome, shitty, <laughs> awesome, fucked up life that you live. But it's awesome. Like I would do it in a heartbeat. I would go back on a ship because, like me, I'm I'm a destroyer guy. You know, I'm a small boy, a small boy sailor. So I'm a destroyer man. I love. I'm again love history. So I love the background of the destroyer. You know what I mean? Like you're a destroyer man, tin can sailor. Those are your. Those are your. It's basically infantry, on the sea. That's the you're the grunt of the sea. Mm -hmm. You take on you're the bullet sponge, uh, for an aircraft carrier. You are the defense for the 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 the, you know command and control. So it's like, you're you're there. So that suckiness of being in a box. Say oh just patrol this area, for the next thirty days. I'm like are you kidding me? Can I just see? some land i just want give me some cell phone signal at least you know what i mean yeah but it doesn't use it sucks but like man like bingo nights yeah. and your and your you know your uh what is it called the smash brother event, uh, tournaments, uh, tournaments yeah. and all that stuff is like just, i or, can't forget or that. just chilling in the birthing or chilling in the birthing or steel beach picnic bro like in the middle of the southern like or the or the pacific ocean i was fishing Mm-hmm. Who gets to do that off of a, a warship? A warship, <laughs> yep. you know what I mean? Like Man. nobody gets to do that. Yeah. The 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 coolest thing would be the, like doing what the Australians do and like water ski on the, <laughs> <laughs> the behind the ship. But I get it. I I, I get why the, the navy doesn't do it. We need beards. But yeah. That's why we can't do water ski because we don't have beards. So yeah, <laughs> it it's cool the the just the the stuff we go through and the bonds we make. I I was listening to a. Tim, you know Tim, Tim Kennedy is right. Tim Kennedy. He was a he's a Green Beret. He's like a big social oh, media no, guy no. now. He was a fighter in the UFC, gone game Green Beret, and then he he's a pretty big like um uh social media person. Mm-hmm. But he's still active duty Green Beret. Um, and he he was actually on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was telling a story. I guess he was at like a funeral for like one of his guys and like his wife was making a big deal because like there's like all these military people there and he's like lady like I know what your fart smells like 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 what do you think me and your husband talked about like in the middle of the desert for nine months you yep. know what I mean like, it's like that. yeah it's like you know and it, it's true like you know again flip it to like destroy her side like showing in the birthing just bullshitting for hours on yeah, end yeah. like you know like you talk about some crazy shit you never talk about anyone else with you know what I mean so it's, yep. And people don't understand that unless, unless you've been through it, which is yep. which is yep. awesome, you know. So. That was the only the on, my only crossing line. I would never talk about my wife. <laughs> like, it's so funny because every Marine knew not to like even insinuate like, oh, because you know Marines talk just craziness. You know what I mean? And I love them to death, but sometimes they get a little bit too personal, and they're like, <laughs> you know, me and my girlfriend. 
you know, I was making her howl like the <laughs> like a freaking wolf in the moon, and I was putting it in. Place. I'm like, dude, what are you what are you doing? It's your girlfriend. It's like that's fine. I said, like, what do you think when you bring her to like a battalion cookout? Like, you don't think your guys are gonna look at you? So you know, one one day one of my Marines are like, hey, doc, and what about your wife? And everybody turned is like, no, 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 no. They're like what? It's like. Not Doc's wife, not Doc's wife. And I, I looked at him straight in the face like, listen to me, man. My wife is sovereign ground. To you, she, she's a virgin. She had my kids via immaculate conception. She is a virgin married. Don't ever talk about my wife again. Do you understand me? And like at the time, man, I was green time, man. I bought into the Kool-Aid, like whatever you want to call it. And I was like, really, hey, you, you know, I'm, I'm like knife handing him and everything. And everybody's like, don't talk about Doc's wife. That's the only thing he doesn't talk about. Like, but but he's heard me talk about my girlfriend. He's like, that is different. That is your girlfriend, even your wife. If you want to talk about your wife, have at it. Not my wife. She is a virgin. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's funny because because we 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 still have those person. Like you said, it's like so personal. Yeah. Like I've I I know what some dudes like. Like you said, like fart smell. Like, yeah. like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? I know who exactly that is. It's like you <laughs> fart in the dark, and it's like, oh, that's like, you know, that's like, yeah. hey, what's up, man? Paul, stop farting, man. You know what I mean? And you yeah. don't even know who it is, and you just know it is. Yeah. So it's just like that, that, that closeness, man. I, I would never trade it for the world. So no. I'm, I'm, I, I thank God every day that 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 I'm in that the path that He's chose for me is the military, and I think I, 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 I need to be here. You know. How do you feel? about where we're headed as a military as far as um just <clears throat> that's that's like one of the the biggest things i want to do with this podcast right is because i just feel like a lot of people come in now with the mentality of a nine to five yeah um again not everyone right but it's definitely not say it's causing an issue it's definitely causing a manning issue in the mm-hmm. military, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, people come to a ship, can't hack it, right? And, and you know that process, right? And, and now we have empty spaces on ships. Yeah. What do you think we could do? Because th- that's all it is, right? Is is getting people to drink the Kool-Aid, right? Like, everyone knows this sucks, right? No one wants to stand <clears throat> duty import every six days or every four days or every three days, yeah. whatever, depending where you're at, right? No one, <coughs> no one wants to go out to sea, for 30 plus days yeah. no one wants to go out in the middle of the desert for nine months right like what can we do different? What, what can we do to get people to start Quality? drinking the kool-aid again to just to well it's easy that it starts from square run which is recruitment we get and i understand manning i completely understand manning we have a manning shortage got it but what we shouldn't do is lie to potential recruits, mm-hmm. lie to potential sailors. You know what I mean? We have to start promoting, or excuse me, um, um, canvassing uh, personnel better. We need to stop thinking this quantity over quality. We have to switch our mentality to quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And I got it. Not everybody needs, nobody needs to make this a 20 year career retirement thing. I got it. You know what I mean? If you need to get what you get, get it, get what you get from the Navy and, or the military or army, Navy, Marine Corps, whatever space force, even, I I don't care what you get, what, whether you decide to stay in four or 20, but why, but when you get canvassed by a recruiter, by 
whatever, be told the truth. Hey, when you go in the military, you're gonna probably going to go in as an undesignated seaman because you don't qualify for anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that was the biggest turning point for me is because my recruiter was completely 100% honest. He's like, hey, with your ASVAB score, at the, at the time, I'm, I, have, I have no beef in telling my, my ASVAB score. I scored a 44. At the time, 44 was good enough for core school. Why? I was 25. It had been seven years since I've touched a book. And math sucks. You know what I mean? I was great at dynamics, uh, engineering, and all the, you know, all the freaking uh, comprehension, reading comprehension, language, all that stuff. Math sucked, right? So it brought down my score a lot. That doesn't determine who you are. But it did, te- it did like who you are determines who you are. But if a recruiter comes out, and I've seen, and I've heard of a dozen things, like they don't tell you about the, the duties. They don't tell you about cleaning stations and nor do you need to know all that but don't don't make it a fairy tale right you're going to be traveling everywhere <laughs> it's like yeah but you're never going to see <laughs> yeah. like india you're never going to see a, a lot of the places you're just going to yeah if you think this is traveling by india yeah this is you're going to be traveling <laughs> gonna everywhere drive right by it <laughs> and you're going to drive right by it but that's where we have to we have to change um the second right the second uh, or step B into making quality uh, military members is I think we should gear boot camp better for discipline. We need to create t- like Admiral Admiral um, uh, Mike Munn since Mike Munn, you know, and every CNO since they wanted toughness, mm-hmm. but we haven't incorporated toughness. We need to incorporate toughness and whether or resilience, oh, yeah, or resilience I guess same or, thing, right? you know, and that resiliency training, Mental we got to get away. Yeah. We got to get away from this, like, you know, check in the box training, you know what I mean? Let's make this resiliency training and this mental toughness training. It's all, I, I don't want to say BS, but it's it, the way it's made. It's just to say, Hey, we taught them that. Right. Let's check in the box. Like you said. It's a check in the box. And I, I would love Toughness training. I would love resiliency training, but gear it towards that. You know what I mean? But like I said, in boot camp, we need to gear our training towards toughness. Hey, you're going to die. This is not a joke. You can get sent into a place that you're going to die. The Fitzgerald was not a joke. Mm. We lost sailors there. We lost, and it's not, and that wasn't even war. You can die at any time. And watch, we call the herd if you will we call the 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 fleet with with like these weak-minded sailors and marines and airmen and and soldiers and coast guardmen and uh uh what are the the guardians and stuff like that so we need to move towards hey this is the department of defense this is not the department of friendship you can go into a war scenario or you can go into a, a mission that you will not come back that your parents or your or your loved ones will get a flag in your name. You want to build a tougher military? Start with that. Start with the the root cause. Marines have no problem from day one starting that toughness. Mm-hmm. Why haven't we followed suit? Why hasn't every branch 
you know, I've gotten, oh, well, it's, we only have two months. It's like, the Marines start from day one. Get off of my butt. Get on the yellow footprints. Go. And it's screaming and put, and it's chaos. not screaming. It's chaos. <laughs> but Control it's not, chaos. It's, it's, not, it's not meant for nothing. It's right. meant to put you in a stressful situation. Not all stress is bad stress. Not all stress is bad stress. You can grow from stress. Right. You can grow from failure. But you have to put those situations you have to put those situations into a person because you're getting sailors you're getting young adults that have never been screamed at you know what i mean because we rather get quantity over quality okay if that's the case cool but where we control it is boot camp where we continue to control it is a school i've seen a school instructors that are hey just call me by my last name. I'm Smith. Even though they're a first class or a second class or whatever. But you have a G- junior corpsman. Or ju- it's not corpsman. But junior personnel. And I say junior. I don't say E5 and below. I hate that below, above stuff. Because there's nobody above or below me. I don't, I don't, I'm not over anybody. I like saying junior and senior, senior. Because I got taught that by my last CMC. There's nobody. You're not over anybody. You're senior to somebody, and somebody's junior to you, and you have subordinates, but you don't have anybody below. I'm like, noted. That's <laughs> that's my that's my and, and that I it registered. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we still use that. Oh, E five and below muster on the quarterdeck. E six and below. Why are we saying below? Whatever. I digress. But where you control it, you continue that control, and then you get to the fleet, and you continue that discipline. When you go to the, with the Marines, and that's why I'm so disciplined, is because I saw from my boot camp to FMTB, right? It was a Marine Corps boot camp in FMTB. And then I went to the Marines, where I see Lance Corporals getting approached by privates and private first classes. Lance Corporal, can I go to the head? It's that discipline from day one. Continued and like that. And like that, and you get, and you get that. Well, you're gonna build a quality leader, right? And that's how you. That's the only way you're gonna continue toughness. But instead, we have this. Well, you know this, and we start hugging. And I get it. There's there's times to do that, but there's times to like give them that that tough love, iron fist, that iron fist, because they need it. And I always and I always learned this is like we we can we can play this game of like that but junior personnel want they thrive they they yearn for for direction if you don't give them that of course they're going to turn into a crap bag Mm -hmm. they're going to turn into this person that has and then guess what that person promotes and that person becomes an lpo and now they're teaching how to be scumbag well it's it's a cancer you, and what do you do to cancer? You got to lob it off and throw it away, right? That's why I wish we had resignation letters. You don't want to be in the Navy? Awesome. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, um, whatever uh, sign-on bonus or whatever reenlistment bonus, you forfeit that stuff. You pay back deep. You prorate that that time that you that you, if you're within the year, if you get out of six months, you pay back six months. I have no problem, but you resign. Honorable discharge, good to go. You got, but we don't have that. Yeah. 
I wish we did because we would just start cutting off the 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 fat off of the of the fleet, the fat off of the Marine Corps, the fat off. Of, and, you know, some some people need some. Uh, we've seen it. We've seen it. And it's just it's just a, it's sad. It's sad that we can't just like we can't just say, hey, you're not good. You're not a good fit for this company. I'm sorry. Here's your pink slip. <laughs> it's definitely like a definitely 100 percent, 1000 percent a generational thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like It's just it is a different. I was talking to someone the other day and I was like. I forgot who I was talking to, but I was like, look at the 1980 to 2000, right? Like 20 year gap, right? Two decades, still pretty similar in times, right? As, mm-hmm. as far as how things are done, you know, the walk, like the the Walkman went from like a tape to a CD, right? Like yeah, we yeah. still had the shoulder mounted videotapes, yeah, right? Yeah. If you were fancy, you, you had the big handheld one, right? Yeah, but yeah. that 20 year gap was still fairly similar, right? Not everyone had internet. 2000 2020 fucking two completely different worlds it right is, is. And, and and just you know technology took off social media information right amazon <laughs> just right so it's wish i wish i would have invested in amazon <laughs> why didn't i know about amazon <laughs> and that's you know that's a huge part of it right it's yeah. just it's a completely yeah. different world and the world yesterday is different than the world today just yeah. the the how fast information or, or how fast the the world changes, right? It's mm-hmm. day to day, right? Twenty four hour news cycle, or it's no longer five o'clock news, it's twenty four seven news, right? So <laughs> I, I it's funny you say that because it's like it's like, you know, we don't have time to think right before the next um, thought comes. The next like if you look at Fox News, it's like doom doom just in. It's like Literally, you said that 20 minutes ago. Why right. are you saying that? Like, like if it's breaking news, you know what I mean? So it's like you don't have time to think nowadays, man. You don't have. It's kind of, it's funny because I I'll I'll invoke Chris Porter's name, which is a funny ass comedian. And I love that dude. But he's like, we have time. We don't have time to to. The, it, it used to be like, hey, morning news. This is what's happening since last night. Five o'clock hits. It's like, hey, you remember the shit in the morning? Well, here's what happened since then. You know what I mean? But yeah. now it's like 24 hours, and if if it's not 24 hours, if you're not listening to, there's a there's a there's a scroll bar that says, "Hey, just." It's like, why aren't you saying that stuff? That that, that should be the news, but no. And it's not from the five sources. Like it's, it's, not. it's not from the ABC, CBS, yeah. Fox, CNN. It's yeah. from fucking www. Correct. It's like Internet. Politico, or it's from uh, the the Reuters or right. whatever. It's like it, it's. It's biased based news and like you can't but how and, do you grow and, from that? And and that plays right and it's just that culture, that that world just creates a different person, right? And, yeah. and those are the people coming into the military now. Yeah. So it's too it, much information is dangerous too. It is. And I absolutely. think that's what that's what we have. Like we have people that think they're smarter than they actually are based on information that they getting on the fly without sourcing it without actually reviewing it and researching it they're just like they think they're hot shit and smart because mm. they 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 sure. saw a small little scroll it's like hey did you know that the dow jones is down it's like well why is it down it's like well i don't, I don't, I don't know. know i don't yeah. know why <laughs> i wasn't ready for that question I, uh, <laughs> and, i'm and, out and I'm just out. and just because you read something doesn't mean you've experienced absolutely. it absolutely right absolutely so um yeah 
but it's probably treading in dangerous territory as far as record. Yeah, you know, and, and and that's the sad part because if you're against popular opinion or even shit, if you even have a your own opinion that's not in line with somebody else's opinion nowadays, it's it's no, you're wrong. No. Why am I wrong? It's like, well, that's not what I think. That's the dangerous. Now we're 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 trolling down a line of like you're really thinking more socialistic that you want one mentality, one mind, one way of thinking. It's like, why can't I have my own opinion? You have your own opinion. And as long as I respect yours. And then we drink whiskey together. And then we drink whiskey together. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't think people are, are, I think we're dumber as a society nowadays. Absolutely. Too much, we, like you said before, too much too information, much information. Is too much is it's it's we're dumber as a society because we are not thinking for ourselves. We're thinking based on what Fox or CNN or MSNBC or this and that, whatever network is telling us to think or whatever in general. And then all of a sudden you're not smart because you don't think that way. It's like, wait, you can talk about politics and religion as long as you respect each other's opinion. And that's super as long easy. as you don't say, hey, you're an idiot for thinking that. It's like, whoa, stop. Let's come back. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I respect your opinion and, I, and I, believe, I believe my own thing, but that's good. I have a friend that's like that. He's on one side of the spectrum, on the other side of the spectrum, and I'm not... But hey, hey, your glass is empty. Let me fill that up with some more whiskey. Exactly. It's just like, <laughs> here you go. Yeah. And it's if we all tend to think that way, we would be in such a better, better position as a, as a society. But we don't. Yep. We want. We are, lack of a better word, we're sheep, man, and yep. they're just the they're the they're the herders. And and I think that's what's really not like because our military, we're still the best fucking military in the world. I don't care what anyone says, yep. right? And Ugly. we still have great service members, soldiers, Marines, airmen, right? But I think we are going down a path that's going to lead us to potentially not be that anymore. Absolutely. And it's not because of the person or anything. It's because we are beginning to have nothing to fight for, right? right. We are going down a path to where we are going to have no identity, right? right. You're going to be a... American soldier, American sailor, but what does that mean? What does being an American soldier mean? What does being an American sailor is? And I think that's where we're getting to. I still think we're ahead of the curve, right? We could potentially yeah. advert that, right? But I think that's where our issue is. And, and that's one thing I kind of want to do with this podcast potentially is because a lot of people that watch this on YouTube or or listen to it on the um, on iTunes and stuff like that, or a lot of them are Deppers, uh, where people are thinking about joining the military. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> I guess we'll end it. Right, We've been kind of going for a while here. Uh, we'll kind of end it. What do you, right, as a chief, as a leader, a chief petty officer in the Navy, uh, just, just what do you want to say to people who are about to join, who are in depth, you know, um, just give them your two cents. How do you want them? Just, Give them your two cents. What, what would you say to if you're in front of a room of Deppers right now? What would you say to them? And we'll kind of we'll end it on that. Well, I say, don't let your experience stop who you are. Don't let nobody taint your 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 goals. You know, you always get to a a command, and they're like, "Oh, good luck here," and you always like a lot of people allow themselves to get 
get go down a rabbit hole of of oh well if I if that person thinks it's a bad command then it must be a bad command so it already gears them towards thinking the way a certain way make your own determination make your own goals um push hard man i always have one there's two saying big sayings that i always do keep the push keep the push man like there's nothing stopping you the military is so easy it's so easy it's ridiculous it's like i said the three things be on time have a good uniform and do what you're told that is it those are discipline based you know and it kind of gears gears towards our 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 core our core principles, right? Our core values, which are honor, courage, and commitment, right? You have honor, you have courage, you have commitment. All those three are, are the trifecta of, of success, right? And my other saying is like, there's no such thing as high standards, only standards you're not willing to set for yourself, right? You, there's, standards are standards, right? If you set the bar low, those are your standards. If you set the bar high, those are your standards. I have always set the bar high for myself, for my sailors, for any junior personnel that's that that serves with me. I don't say for me because I don't have anybody that serves for me, right? I serves with me, right? I but my job as a leader is to guide them, mentor them, and and make them make them me and make them successful. I made chief at nine and a half years. Everybody tells me, man, as an HM, that's hard. It's like, well, it's hard when you don't if you don't bust your ass. I took the jobs that nobody wanted to take. I took the, 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 the units that nobody wanted to take. I took the jobs that nobody wanted to do. When you, when you do all those things, you're going to succeed. You're going you're gonna to thrive, right? So there's no, there's no bar. There's no wall in the military. Now, with that said, there's also crappy leaders right. that you have to deal with. And unfortunately, that's, that's inevitable. But It's also anywhere. It's also anywhere, right? And and the and that's funny because I tell them it's like the military and Target, although they're dynamic, dynamically different, right? They're just worlds apart. They have the same people. There's always going to be the people that that are jealous, the other people that are slackers, people that are lazy, people that are like the suck ups, people that are hardworking that push hard, push fast. But there's also people that just don't give a crap about other people. They're just there for themselves. The way I have been doing it throughout my whole career is I take care of people. My my mentor told me, don't care about awards, pats on the backs, recognitions, none of that shit. None of that shit matters. Worry about your junior sailors, and your job, your career takes care of itself. And that's, I mean, I, if, I, if I tell any junior person all that, I always tell them the same thing. Because get yourself a mentor too. <laughs> There's like the, the Navy, I don't know how other branches are with mentorship, but the Navy does really bad with mentorship. But there are good mentors. Get yourself in the line. Align yourself with somebody that succeeds, that has succeeded throughout their career. Um, I'm not saying just me, but like people, like why, if I saw me as a junior sailor, not, not to boast or not to sound like, like arrogant or anything like that, but if I saw me, a chief like me, 
as a junior sailor, why wouldn't I go towards that person and say, hey, what, Chief, what did you do? You know what I mean? But I also understand the hesitance because there's, there's my rate and higher that are just like, they're there for a paycheck. And that's what turns, turns a lot of sailors off. You know what I mean? And, but I go on a tangent, I go on a soapbox, but in, in general, just, just keep pushing, keep the push because like nothing should stop you. Nothing should, should hinder you from succeeding in the Navy. Um, and if something does just go around it, push or push through it, just break through that wall and just continue. But yeah, that's me. Cool. All right. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. I mean, you're here anyways. So. <laughs> um. I had to drive just to get here. You know, I know. I live so far away from civilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate your friendship. Appreciate your leadership. And uh, thank you. Appreciate your brotherhood, man. That's really what matters. Hoo ya. Hoo ya. Hey, no, no, no.